Do the Jewish people have any right to the land of Israel? Or did they steal it from the Palestinian people? Are the Palestinians an oppressed people who are being denied their rights by Israel? Is there really any hope for peace in the Middle East? And why is it important for America to stand with Israel? For a discussion of these questions with Jan Markell, stay tuned. Lamb and Lion Ministries presents Christ in Prophecy, a program that focuses on the fundamentals of Bible prophecy, showing how current events in the news relate to biblical predictions of end time events and the soon return of Jesus. Now, here's your host, Dr. David Reagan. Greetings in the name of Jesus, our blessed hope, and welcome to Christ in Prophecy. My colleague Nathan Jones and I are delighted to have Jan Markell with us today. She is the founder and director of Olive Tree Ministries, which is located in the Minneapolis, Minnesota area. And she hosts a weekly radio program called Understanding the Times. It is a broadcast that is carried nationally on more than 800 radio stations. Welcome to Lamb and Lion Ministries. Glad to be back. Yes. Thank you. Oh, good to have you back Thank on, you, Jan. Nathan. Yeah. Well, Thank you. our subject is Israel and Bible prophecy. So tell us, why is it important for Christians to understand how Israel fits in prophecy? Oh my goodness. It's certainly the super sign that the Lord is coming back. But what a testament to God that He keeps His promises. That uh, and, and if God can keep His promises so to Israel, is He not going to keep His promise to the Christian as well? Um, and going to Israel, as I said in a previous program with you folks, changed my life. It'll change anyone's life. Well, yes. And uh, you know, uh, when it comes to, to Israel, I, I always think about people who, like the Puritans, who two or three, four hundred years ago wrote that God is going to regather the Jewish people from the four corners of the earth and bring them back to Israel. And everybody said, you're crazy. You're just crazy. That will never happen. Even in 1909, when C.I. Schofield put yes. together the Schofield Study Bible, when he got to Ezekiel 38 and 39, he said, I can't understand it, yeah. can't explain it, but it says in the end times Russia will invade Israel. When he wrote that, Israel yeah. did not exist, people did not believe it would ever exist, and Russia was a Christian Orthodox nation. Yeah. Yeah. How do you explain that? He couldn't. Yeah, well, and I have a friend who had a grandmother who in the grandmother's Bible, the grandmother wrote in, in the, oh, kind of in the column there, she wrote the Jews, What's going to become of the Jews? She couldn't figure it out because this would have been oh. way back, 30s probably, 1930s. Couldn't imagine what was going to happen. But it happened. The miracle, not just of the 20th century, the miracle of all time to regroup the people, bring the language back, and yes. have it blossom as a rose. The and one even before that, the preservation of the Jewish yes. people for 2,000 years, scattered years. all over the world, persecuted yeah. wherever they went, killed, slaughtered, and God. Preserved. Yes, it's, what, a, it's a miracle. What nation comes back after 1900 years? And we don't hear about the Hittites coming back, the Aztecs, the Mayans. And yet I hear Israel came yeah, back. Exactly. I hear evangelical leaders all the time saying, well, it's just an accident of history. It's not of, of any significance whatsoever. And you think, what? That is, yeah, a, that is a discredit to God. I'm sorry, because yes. it's His miracle. It yes. is. Yes. Yeah. But you would think that 
just using common sense, you would say there's got to be something going on here. There's got mm-hmm. to be something, and there is. And folks, go. Go to Israel and <laughs> see for yourself. What about the people who say that the people who have emigrated to Israel, made Aliyah, aren't really Jews? Oh, well, you know, and then since the Internet, these kinds of stories are just mushrooming, and it's really tragic. It's another anti-Semitic toy that yeah. has gotten out of hand. Now, you're a Jewish Christian, so you know that the people living in Israel are actual Jews, right? Genetically as well as <laughs> I've had so many relatives over there, living over there, uh, doing, getting okay. married over there. Um, their eyes are heavily blinded, spiritually speaking. Yeah, these people who say they aren't Jews, I always say to them, "Well, why don't you tell the Arabs that, and they'll back off and stop exactly. persecuting?" Yeah, they, that's a great point. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, and as you know, I've been doing a lot of research on your writing recently because you're included in a book yeah. that I've written called "God's Prophetic Voices to America." So I've read a lot of your articles recently, and one of the things that uh, you really emphasize is that you have been bemoaning the fact that the evangelical church seems to be abandoning its historical support of Israel. Could you elaborate that on that for us? Again, um, the answer to your question, I think, is a lot of bullet points. Number one, the, ch- the pulpits are silent on these topics. And so how are the people to know it's important unless they're watching a program like this? Uh, we have the cry of social justice again, the fact that people are beginning to get more interested in the plight of the Palestinians than what the Bible says about the Jews. Um, We have the naysayers. We have so much mocking of the things that are important here. Uh, We have the rise of the religious left, emergent church. All they do is denigrate the topics that we hold so dear. Um, We have the the decline of dispensationalism, David. You know there's a decline of dispensationalism. And there's a rise of Uh, Kingdom Now, Dominion Theology, which will limit and marginalize these topics. We even have the rise of preterism. It's insane. All prophecy is history. Impossible. All prophecies have already been fulfilled, and then Dominion and Kingdom, uh, we're going to uh, take over the world, and we're going to deliver the Kingdom to Jesus Christ. And this is rising because of New Apostolic Reformation. In fact, one of the most important uh, spokesmen in Christianity today has jumped on that bandwagon, and that's Rick Warren. Tell about his peace program. Well, I mean, Rick has caused some issues within evangelicalism. I mean, his peace program is um, more about social justice and um, things like that. Than preaching the gospel. Than preaching the gospel. Um, His secret sensitive has hurt the churches because the churches are very pro Rick Warren. And I can't judge Pastor Warren's heart that yeah. I'm sure he loves God, and but the approach has has been done. And then on in his uh, book, uh, Purpose Driven Life, on page 286, he says that what we believe is a waste of time. Yeah, he says a prophecy is a waste of time. It's a waste of time, and it'll distract you from your purpose. <laughs> well, our purpose is to lead people to the Lord and get Christians excited that the Amen. King is coming. Amen. You what? use the term plight of the Palestinians. Mm-hmm. Now, to me, that makes like, all these poor people, they're oppressed, the, the Jewish people are mistreating them, as Dr. Reagan said earlier. Is that the case? Are the Palestinians an oppressed minority in Israel? And who are the Palestinians? Well, the Palestinian people, I mean, and, and there are Palestinian Christians, too, yes. you know. Uh, and all of these people are persecuted by their leaders. Um, uh, Hamas and, Hamas uh, and, and, PLO. and uh, PLO and Mahmoud Abbas and 
uh, Hezbollah, of course, that's in the, in Lebanon, but they're trying to get into Israel. Um, so, repeat your question. You wanted, I wanted to know about the, who the Palestinians are. Do they have a legitimate claim? Are they uh, abused by Israel? I mean, if what? the churches are switching their support from Israel to the yeah. Palestinians, is there a cause there worth Where fighting for? Where in the Middle East do you find more freedom for the Arab people than in Israel? That's right. People don't they, realize what there's how they six create, million Palestinians? Well, there are millions of Palestinians okay. in, within Israel proper. Who they are can, full they, citizens, They can be rights. in the Knesset, the parliament. They don't have to be in the military. Um, they are treated fairly. The women are treated with respect. Where do you find this in the yeah, Middle not East? Not in Saudi Arabia. You don't find it in the well, Middle One East. of the biggest myths that uh, is being proclaimed on all college campuses all across America today by some films that have been produced is that the Palestinian people had their land stolen from them. They were they they were had this wonderful land and they were had a state there and and the Israelis came in and took it all away from them. It's a myth. The biggest marketing guru in the history of time was Yasser Arafat. Yeah. Yeah. He came along in the 1960s. He's an Egyptian, <laughs> an Egyptian, and he, he came up with the term Palestinian, and he ins insisted that the Arabs in the region should be called Palestinians. They should have their own state. And he was such a marketing genius, not only did the world buy it, the church bought it. Yes. Mm -hmm. The fact of the matter is that if you had interviewed people in uh, the land of Israel uh, before 1948 and asked them who they were, they would have said they were Syrians. They yes. all identified they, as Syrians and there were hardly any people there. The land was exactly. devastated. Uh, they uh, they laughed uh, and, and the Israelis came in, they bought the land. They bought the land steal at the the inflated land. prices. And the Arabs laughed all the way to the bank. Yeah, they These laughed crazy all Israelis. the way. The land was, was devoid of trees. It was malaria infested yeah, swamp exactly. lands. And then suddenly, Lord says, when the Jews go back, it will become like the Garden, Garden of, Eden of Eden once again. And now they want it back. Yeah, exactly. now that they've cultivated. <laughs> of course, they got it back with Gaza, right? And it was like the breadbasket of Israel. They had all the greenhouses, greenhouses, all the fruit. And as soon as the Palestinians got the land for peace deal, they wiped out their own greenhouses yeah. and asked the world to give them money all of a sudden. You know, I find a lot of ignorance uh, about the situation. I was on an airplane one time, and the guy next to me started talking to me about Israel. And he said, I just don't understand why those Israelis don't make peace with the Arabs. I just don't understand it. I don't understand why they're not willing to give up the Western Bank. And he was going on and on, and I knew he didn't know what he was talking about. So I said, where is the Western Bank. He said, well, you know where it is. I said, yes, I do. Do you? <laughs> well, you know. I said, tell me, where is the Western Bank? Well, it's the West Bank of the Nile River. <laughs> well, that's in Egypt. That's in Egypt. And here he is pontificating yeah. about how they ought to give this away. Yeah. Well, again, uh, and he probably wasn't a church person, but I mean, how uh, many pulpits are talking about these issues today? How many Christians are uninformed because their church will not I mean, I think we should have an Honor Israel Day Amen. every year, once a year in May. It's okay. Honor and, uh, Israel. Instead, the church wants to replace Israel. Replace Israel. Well, we have a prophecy teacher named Al Guest, and he holds yeah. an annual conference every year. And he used to hold it in Broussard, Louisiana, just south of Lafayette, First Baptist Church there. And one year they had as their, among other speakers, they had as their featured speaker, Tim LaHaye. Mm -hmm. He got on the phone. He called all of the large Baptist churches in the Lafayette area and said, Tim's going to be here. He wants a place to speak on Sunday morning. He'll speak at your church free of charge. Would you invite him? That could not find Could any not church. find one. Nobody wanted him. 
They have no interest in, in well, Bible prophecy at the very time it's being fulfilled. Well, David, what? Is, give me your take on it. I mean, <laughs> I know you're asking me, but well, you, you've been at it longer than I have. And, well, and, Al and says he has found that if the pastor has doctor in front of his name, okay. he can't get in the church. Really? Because the seminaries teach that all this is just that yeah. Bible prophecy, they teach the, the Genesis account and the end times account have to be allegorized, yeah. spiritualized. They do not mean what they say. Yeah, and, and that's a huge issue is, is the seminaries are at fault. Well, They're at fault. It, I mean, if the seminaries are re teaching the Bible, then in the Bible there is a claim for the Jewish people to have the land today, right? I mean, isn't there a promise to the Jewish people oh, that my, they yes. will have the land? Not only is there a promise, the boundaries are in Genesis uh, yeah. 15, I believe, that from the river Euphrates to the great river, or the river of Egypt to the great river, the Euphrates, the boundaries are there. And they haven't even taken that much. No, they haven't yet. taken it. No, it's probably it's millennial. Theirs. And yeah. so there is a promise, there, what the Abrahamic promise. Yeah. There's also the land covenant the promise. The land covenant. That the Jewish and people. And it's forever, forever. forever. And I think another thing that people don't realize, but we will if they go there, as you keep yeah, talking about yeah. the importance, yeah. is how small Israel is. Yeah. It's only 75 miles wide and yeah. 300 miles long. And people call, well, what's the big deal? Give up the West Bank. They do that, Israel's nine miles wide. Well, yeah, exactly. Try to defend that. It's Auschwitz borders then. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And that's what would happen, right? If Israel went back to the pre-1948 yes. borders, we would see a second Holocaust. It, absolutely. It's indefensible. And those if borders. they were to give up Judea and Samaria, which the world calls the West Bank, the same thing would happen there that happened with Gaza. It would become a launching pad of a missiles into pad. Israel. A launching pad, exactly. They keep saying, just give us a little more land and we'll have peace. A little more land yeah. and we'll have peace. Well, Churchill taught us a long time ago that uh, trading land for peace and appeasement does not Work. Land for peace leaves Israel in pieces. Yes, always. And appeasement just whets the appetite yep. of the of the of the. Of then the they want more. Want more. They want, want more. more. Want more. You can never appease them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, there, there are two theologies in Christendom today that are very, very destructive to the Jewish people. One is called replacement theology. The other is called dual covenant theology. Mm -hmm. And we're going to take a brief break and come back and talk about those. Welcome back to Christ in Prophecy and our discussion of Israel in Prophecy with Jan Markell. Jan, I get your newsletter every week. I love your newsletter. And it seems like most of the time you're bringing up the topic about replacement theology. It's, it's the burr under your saddle. Can you tell us about replacement well, theology and what is it? What is it, first of all? Yeah, explain. I mean, first of all, it goes back to the early church, but it teaches that the church um, has replaced Israel and that all the promises given to Israel, which are legion, but transferred to the church. But not the curses. Not the curses. <laughs> not the curses. We <laughs> don't want to even consider the curses. Okay. And um, I, what do we do? What do we do with passages like Romans 9, 10, and 11 if you we're going to do them. things like that? I guess we ignore all sorts of things. Um, I think this is a huge contributor to anti Semitism. It was a contributor to the Holocaust. I think we have to be very careful here. Again, our pulpits are silent on this important issue of Israel's importance. And Personally, I think that the church should be honoring Israel once a year rather than cursing her by saying, she's been, you've been replaced. You've been replaced by the church. Well, what kind of a covenant-keeping God would, would displace either the Jew or the Christian? Yeah. He doesn't do it. 
Well, one of the biggest objections I hear people write in, and, and they say, well, the Jewish people aren't believers in God. They're, matter of fact, they're hostile towards Christians and all, and therefore, why should we celebrate Israel? But we're not talking about the Israel as a nation today. We're talking about the Israel as a nation that God will make it during the millennial kingdom, right? When it's the honored nation of the world, where yeah. the remnant of Jewish people who believe in Christ are a priestly people. That's the Israel we're looking well, we forward to. We should even honor right? them today. Yeah, yeah, well, for what they should become. But it, yeah, there are humanists there who are, are definitely anti-Christian. And that's what seems to get a lot of people that are have adopted replacement theology, at least from- I, I would agree case. that that's what many who, yeah. who believe this uh, would state. But first of all, there's a remnant today who do believe yeah. in yeah, Lord and Jesus Christ. Them, and right? they are growing and, and they are coming to faith almost faster than any other category Plus, of the people. The Bible says point blank over and over that God is going to regather the Jewish people in the end times in unbelief. 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 And that's he's doing, that's exactly what he's doing. Yes, mm. yes, indeed. But you know, uh, uh, I, one time I went to the theological library at, uh, uh, at uh, uh, TCU in Fort Worth. And they have a huge theological library there. And I looked at, at the books where preachers had preached all the way through the Bible from Genesis to the end. The volumes that long. And I looked to see what they had to say about Romans 9 through 11. Mm -hmm. And do you know what almost all of them said? They said, well, we're not going to consider Romans 9 through 11 because it's just a parenthesis. And they moved right, right on. Oh, wow. Well, wow. it's more than a parenthesis. Yeah, absolutely. And, and look at what it says in Romans 11, verse 1. This is Paul speaking. I say, God has not rejected his people, has he? And what does the church say? Yes. yes. And what does he say? May it never be. Yes. God has not rejected His people whom He foreknew. Well, it's no wonder the church hates this. Well, is it possible, David, that the church isn't prospering today because of yeah. this? Is yeah. it possible? I will bless those who bless in Israel. Genesis I will curse 12, those 3. who curse Israel. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, and the church is in a terrible state. We have remnant churches holding to truth, but so many are not. I find the average Christian has no idea that for example, the Holocaust yeah. was the culmination of Christian anti-Semitism mm -hmm. that Martin Luther himself, yeah. it, last thing he wrote was, here's how you should j deal with the Jews. And he said, you know, take their property away, put them in camps, de uh, uh, destroy their Torah scrolls. He, he gave a blueprint. And Hitler rose to power yeah. quoting Martin Luther. Yes. And, and people find that hard to believe, uh, but it is the truth of history. I mean, it very early, truth. very early, the church took the position that yeah. Well, the Jews are Christ killers. Yeah. And because of that, we must reject them. God has rejected them. He's washed His hands of them. And, and to this day, David, and I know because of my relatives, many, many Jews don't trust Christians yeah, uh, because they they're afraid of this kind of... Uh, well, sure. Comeback. They're worried that we're going to steal their identity. I have yeah. uh, Christ, uh, Jewish friends, and I always hear that. Well, you know, we're, this is our identity. We're not taking your identity. Mm -hmm. But it's like it's a fulfillment of their identity, right? To be Jewish yes, absolutely. and to yes. accept Jesus as Messiah is a fulfillment and to be yes. all the Jew they can be, so to speak. Sure. Like you. Yeah. So the Bible teaches that the God still loves the Jewish people. He still has a purpose for the Jewish people. And that uh, at the end of the tribulation, there's going to be a great remnant that will accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Well, all Israel will be saved at the end of, the, right, of the end right. of the tribulation. And and you know there is, as you said, Jewish believers today. In fact, when the Six Day War occurred in 1967, there was not a single Messianic congregation in the world. 
And then the late 60s, right after the Six-Day right. War, a great movement of the Holy Spirit occurred. Right. Young Jews all over America and around the world yes. turned to Jesus, accepted Him. Uh, messianic congregations began right. to be established. People like Joel Chernoff began to record Messianic Jewish messianic music. music and, and it was just amazing, the move of the Holy Spirit. Yes. And I think that's the first fruits of the remnant. I think what they're doing is they are sowing the seeds now through the, all their publications aimed at the Jews. They're sowing the seeds that are going to be reaped during the tribulation. I actually worked for the seventh Messianic congregation on the planet. <laughs> um, I was I worked for them some 30, 34 years ago. Yeah. It's on, only seven on the planet. Now there are thousands know, of Messianic congregations around the world. Well, I went to uh, I went to Lexington, Kentucky, to hold a meeting uh, in uh, nineteen eighty one, and the guy called me and he said. You ever been to a Messianic congregation? I said, I don't even know what that is. Yeah. He said, I'll take you to one because I'd gone up there a day early. So he took me up to Cincinnati. I didn't know it was the very first one that was established by the Chernoff family. Mm -hmm. I went up there and here was a whole room of Jewish people and they, uh, the rabbi got up and he preached on Isaiah 53 mm -hmm. and they had people come up for prayer and they prayed for them. And then he said, okay, we have... The Lord has blessed us through His Word. He's blessed us through His prayer. Let's bless the Lord. And I, all of a sudden I heard all this, bam, bam, bam. I looked around and people were putting the, the folding chairs yeah. up against the wall and this rhythmic music started. And somebody grabbed my hands and before I knew it there were about five circles and they were dancing. Yeah. And I didn't know the steps. And the woman next to me weighed about 300 pounds <laughs> and I was afraid she was going to step on my feet. And that was my introduction to uh, Miss, I, yeah. I've often said I have never found anyone as enthusiastic mm -hmm. about the Lord as Messianic Jews unless it's a Catholic who has discovered grace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Jen, then does that mean that Jews need Jesus as their Messiah or they are they under the law and they're saved? Oh my. Yes. Everyone needs Jesus as the Messiah. So there's uh, no what it's called a dual covenant theology, well, right? Where the dual Jews covenant are theology, saved. and I, and I'm not sure how old dual covenant is. Which okay. they they would they would teach that um, that um, the Jews are saved under various Old Testament yeah, covenants by following the law. By following the law, and there are some prominent people pushing that today. One of the most prominent headquarters out of the Minneapolis-St. Paul mm -hmm. area, and I know him quite well, and he's confronted regularly about this false teaching. It's the worst form of anti-Semitism. It's keeping Jews out of heaven. I call it loving Jews to into death. hell. To loving them to death. Yes. I did a radio program. might have even been with you, David. I did a radio program called titled that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it really is. It's so misguided. So yeah, well, it's it's not doing it's not doing anybody any favor to say you don't need Jesus. What do we do with John fourteen six and the other verses? That Plus, they don't have a temple to sacrifice in, so there's no covering for their sins with sacrifice. Well, uh, that's true. I mean, I, there there's you know there's activity going on to get that temple ready, uh -huh. but it's obviously not there yet. There's a new movement called Christian Palestinianism. Oh. What in the world is that? Well, Christian Palestinianism. Um, would say that uh, Jesus was a Palestinian. Um, I don't know if you remember, this would have been some 15 years ago. Yeah. Yasser Arafat was came down from a helicopter uh, on top of the, probably either the Church of the Nativity or Holy yeah. Sepulchre, dropped on the, on the cross. Uh, this was supposed to be symbolic of the rapture. <laughs> Yasser Arafat coming down from a helicopter. This is all a part of Christian, it's trying to get Christians to get their attention off of Israel, 
on to the Palestinian cause, and I do believe we need to be concerned about Palestinian Christians. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is an this is all part of Palestinian Christian Palestinian Christian movement. And and one of the things that disturbs me about all this is that the leaders of that uh, uh, in the uh, among the Palestinians are uh, are now uh, taking the position that Jesus was a Palestinian. Yeah. The Jewish temples never existed, never existed. That's in right. fact, uh, Yasser Arafat put, put them over in Yemen or someplace, but they never existed in, in Jerusalem. And the latest thing I ran across is there's now a major Palestinian academic who is saying that the people who came out of Egypt under the leadership of the Muslim Moses were Palestinian Muslims. Muslim Moses? Yes, but the, the tragedy, Muslim Moses. The tragedy of this, David, is the church. Some of the churches have bought into oh, yeah. this. They bought into this and they accept it as fact. Even though the Islam wasn't even created? No, it wasn't about created. No, no, Abraham was a Muslim. You don't understand. That's ah. it. <laughs> well, th- this is theology run amok. Fake but, news. But, uh, yeah, it's fake news, but I mean, it's caught on, Not thankfully, not in all churches or denominations, but too many, too yes, many. too many, yes. too many. Yeah. Well, does that mean there's any hope for the Middle East? I, I mean, obviously well, the, the Jews, and the, they've been fighting for thousands of years, haven't they? Um, I, is there any hope for peace? Yeah. Uh, no, not until the Prince of Peace rules and there reigns out of yes, Jerusalem. There then there's the hope, hope for peace. The hope is the return of Jesus Otherwise, Christ. the Arab community is singing the Psalm out of, out of Psalm 83, Come, let us wipe out the memory of their existence. And you see, that's what my concern is about President Trump, is that he says, I'm the greatest deal maker ever. I will settle the situation in the Middle East. He is deluded if he thinks so. It won't happen. And I think what will happen is this. He will go in there and try to. The Palestinians will dig in and say, we're not doing anything. So then all the pressure will be put on Israel as always. Uh, And if the Israelis draw the line and say no, then he'll turn against Israel. We need to be praying that that won't happen yeah. because then the curse comes back on America if, in fact, we start doing those kinds of behavior. Jan, I want to underline what you just said. There, there is no hope for peace in the Middle East because it's not a political problem. Yeah. It is a theological, theological. it's a spiritual thing. Yeah, and, and it will only be solved when the Prince of Peace returns. Yeah, and that may be, uh, may be sooner than later, but nonetheless, in the meantime, we have president after president yeah. making every attempt. We have Oslo Accords, Camp David meetings. They go on and on. But keep in mind, in the year 2000, Yasser Arafat was offered 95% of what he Everything wanted. Everything he wanted. And he turned it got down. Up, walked out of the meeting. And he, he walked out of the meeting, went back to the Middle East, was a hero for turning it down. They don't want peace. They don't want to cooperate. They don't want Second, uh, Palestine. The first Palestinian state is Jordan. Yes, indeed. And they don't want a second one. They want the annihilation yeah. of Israel. They want the whole area. And that can't be negotiated. It's funny when the Iranians talk about building nuclear weapons to wipe Israel off the map, and yet the same breath they talk about the plight of the Palestinian people. If you nuke Israel, you wipe out the Palestinian well, people. That's but they're true. all celebrating it. Welcome back to our discussion of Israel in Bible Prophecy with Jan Markell, the founder and director of Olive Tree Ministries. Such a blessing having you on, Jan. My privilege. Thank you so much. Could you tell our folks how they get in touch with your ministry and also tune into your wonderful radio program? OliveTreeViews.org. Lots of radio programs archived there, OliveTreeViews.org. Yes, and you can also get on her newsletter there. And I really recommend that you do so. She's right on the cutting edge of what's going on in the Christian world today. Well, folks, 
I hope you'll, the program's been a blessing to you, and she's sure been a blessing to us. Until next week, same time, same station. Hope you'll be with us. This is Dave Reagan speaking for Lamb and Lion Ministries, saying, Look up, be watchful, for our redemption is drawing near. The Bible is literally filled with prophecies about the Jewish people, past, present, and future. And in fact, the Jewish people are the focus of end time Bible prophecy. Folks, I've spent the past 40 years studying these remarkable prophecies and their fulfillments, and I have put together a summary of them in a new book of mine that is titled, Israel in Bible Prophecy, Past, Present, and Future. The incredible story of Israel in Bible prophecy is proof positive of the existence of God and that the Bible is the Word of God. The first section of the book takes a look at four prophecies that were fulfilled before the beginning of the 20th century. The second section features seven prophecies that were fulfilled in whole or in part during the 20th century. The final section of the book takes a look at the prophecies concerning the future of Israel, showing how the suffering of the Jewish people in the Great Tribulation will lead to their national repentance and salvation. Finally, there is an epilogue in which I explain how all this is relevant to Christians in the 21st century. The book runs 256 pages in length, and it can be yours for a donation of $20 or more, including the cost of shipping. To order a copy, either call our office at the number you see on the screen, or place your order through our website at lambline.com. Thank you for joining us on today's Christ in Prophecy, a presentation of Lamb and Lion Ministries, a non-denominational ministry dedicated to teaching the fundamentals of biblical prophecy and proclaiming the soon return of Jesus.